All right. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Guide. We are solutions oriented. Freedom is a lifestyle and we're basically showing you action items every week on how to actually live out your values rooted in freedom. Okay. It can have to do with education. It could have to do with actual action, like uh, paying attention to school boards, monitoring stuff in your community, all these things, or just lifestyle. Okay. So this one's kind of a mix of a bunch of things. We're going to talk about, um, some historical context, some current events that are going on, a cultural aspect as we enter the holiday season. And, um, most importantly, action and what the heck we're going to do about it, because this is something that near and dear to my heart. So obviously this week is Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. I hope you guys have a great time. I hope you spend it with your family. I hope you spend it in gratitude. I hope you spend it reflecting on how grateful we should really be. And just to kind of hammer this home, there was this tweet and I can't remember who wrote it, but it's stuck with me ever since I saw it. And it was about Afghanistan and it was like, wow, how blessed and privileged and lucky are we to be in a situation in a country where we can lose a 20 year war in the most embarrassing way possible. And our day-to-day lives haven't changed one bit. Not a single thing of my day-to-day life has changed. How blessed are we to be able to say something like that? Now, it's something that we should be grateful for, that there's so many things about this country that we should be grateful for. I'm thankful for our founders. I'm thankful for the independence that we have. I'm thankful for the independence women have. I mean, around the world, if you look at what women have to go through, women are are so blessed to be born in this country. And, and men and women both are, but um, I'm really thankful because I am a young lady. And I see what women go through around the globe, and I'm, I, I do feel blessed. I'm thankful for my family, my friends. And most importantly, I'm thankful for this new resurgence, because people are waking up and I'm thankful for it. It's not something, I don't want to be like thankful for a political thing, but I'm thankful that people that usually don't pay attention to politics, that usually don't give a crap, or that usually maybe think that they're more liberal or something, or maybe they align with the left a little bit more, they're waking up and they're realizing what's happening. This is basically choice versus force, choice and freedom versus authority and tyranny. And I'm thankful that people are finally waking up and I'm going to choose at this moment to not express my anger at the fact that it took getting this far into it for people to actually wake up. I'll I'll let that slide. Um, I'm just thankful that they are. Now, that being said, because it's Thanksgiving, you all know what comes the next day. Black Friday. Now, I hate malls, okay? I'm not a big shopper. I don't do that kind of stuff. But we're talking about it today because we're talking about an overall greater lesson and mentality and mindset shift that needs to take place in America if we're going to to fix ourselves. Because I honestly, around the holidays especially, it just reminds me so much of the fall of Rome where they got so luxurious, so privileged, so, so obsessed with consumerism and pleasure. And that was like with frivolous things, but also with like sex and all this random stuff. They became so grossly out of touch with the necessities that they would need to continue their republic that they lost it, okay? And so that's why people look at Americans these days and and how weirdly obsessed with ourselves we are, how insecure we are at the same time as being obsessed with ourselves on social media, how we're all about consuming things, consuming things, instant gratification, personal pleasure, taking care of myself instead of focusing on others and serving others. It's very much similar to the mentality of the people back in the ancient times had when the fall of Rome occurred because they, they just became this, this ugh, immoral population and they kind of let the country fall. It's very, very sad. But now 
It reminds me of the fall of Rome to see all this behavior around the holidays, specifically with Black Friday, like with all the trampling and stuff. But we're not here to talk about the usual Black Friday tramplings and all that stuff. Instead, I want to get you prepped because Black Friday is when pretty much most Americans go out and buy their presents, right? Um, there is a huge mindset and ment mentality shift that needs to take place, I believe, and it's going to have to start with us, okay? So there's there's layers to this. It's going to be individual, and then it's going to spread. And I hope it spreads, and there'll be a domino effect. So uh, the structure of this podcast episode is going to be a little bit different. Instead of kind of talking and then doing action items, we're getting right into the first action item. There's two action items today. Action item number one is that we are going to change our mentality and our mindset. We're going to become conscious individuals, conscious consumers, and conscious American citizens. We'll break that down in a little bit. But I, I want you guys to think, like, when we talk about making individual decisions, sometimes we think, oh, if I stop buying things from communist China, like, what's it really going to do? What kind of impact is it going to have? My first thought on that is that it's an active choice every single day to want to be a better person. I'll give an example of just a small, tiny thing that I do every day. I have this little phrase that I tell myself all the time, and it's, it's to care more. Care enough to want better. Care more, care enough to want better for, for myself and my surroundings and the people around me and my country and my community. So uh, from an individual level all the way out. And this is, comes to me as small as something like this morning, I'm doing my laundry and I'm putting my, my stack of towels away and I just folded them and I'm putting them in the closet and, and I, I shove them in there and what do you know, they like fall over and lopsided and basically unfold. And I, I, I just look at them and I'm, I'm in a rush, right? And so I'm, I'm in a rush and after I just spent all this time doing that, they fell over and I said, oh, whatever. So I walk away and then I stopped myself and I said, Morgan, care more you know, put more effort in care enough to fix those kind of things instead of just letting things fall around you, instead of letting messes happen without picking them up, instead of caring to intently keep the space around you uh, a good place. And and it was a, a choice that I made because I'd walked away and then I said, oh, Morgan, care more than to do something like that, to say, eh, whatever, I'm just going to leave it. Because that's a mess. That's that's something that it fell down, it's this pile, and now I was just going to live with it like that. And so I, I made the decision to turn around and fold those towels, put them back in a nice pile. And maybe I'm a psycho for making that kind of decision. I don't think, I don't have like OC, OCD or anything like that. But it, it meant something to me because it was something that I would have let happen. And then I specifically said, I'm not going to let that kind of stuff happen anymore. I'm not going to just flippantly let things happen. I'm not going to be complacent with, with allowing myself to lower my standards. And that's a tiny little thing. It's freaking towels. You guys, I get it. Okay. Maybe you're rolling your eyes at me right now, but I think like that in all other ways of my life now. And I hope you guys think about doing the same higher standards for yourself in terms of how you act and how you behave. When we talk about changing our mindset, changing our mentality around holiday consumerism and becoming more conscious individuals, conscious consumers and conscious American citizens, specifically around the holidays, specifically on things like Black Friday when we're purchasing presents, because it's a big tradition to buy presents for the holidays, right? A huge part of that needs to be about where are we purchasing our products from? We are gifting presents. 
What is a present? It's supposed to be a symbol of your care for someone, a, a thoughtful gift of, of I, I picked this for you because I thought you would like it and I care for you, and so on this holiday I'm going to give it to you. When we break it down to that basic sense, don't you think it's kind of gross that when we gift things to our loved ones, to our closest friends, to our children, we're gifting them products that were potentially made with, with slave labor in a communist regime that we might be going to World War III with in the coming decades? Don't you think that's kind of nasty? It doesn't sit right in my heart. It doesn't sit right with me at all. And I don't think if you want to be a conscious individual, conscious consumer, or conscious American citizen, where we believe in freedom and dignity for all, we should not be endorsing that, let alone endorsing it in a way where we're buying the products to gift it to loved ones to show them that we care for them. And I got in trouble because I made the analogy, I, I'm going to, you know, I don't think a lot of kids listen to this, but Santa Claus, I made the comparison of, don't you think it's a little disturbing that Americans, we are in this mindset, of, first of all, that we have to fill the living room with Christmas presents, the whole living room floor. Why do we do that? I, I, I would rather have a smaller number of presents given that maybe would last years that are higher quality. And honestly, that just mean a little bit more than filling the whole floor with toys that are probably going to be destroyed within the next year. I just, I think that that's a little toxic for us to have endorsed as a society. And I'm not crapping on Christmas. I'm sorry to say that. I just think when, when we look at the basics of like, how did we even get here? Like, when did we start actually doing that? Of like filling the whole room with these like crap plastic toys. But when we think about it in the sense of what happens on Christmas, Santa comes and he fills the floor with presents for the kitties. And, and they are made in the North Pole by these elves. Magical little elves. And magical Santa, who wants you to be good. Right? It's this cute little lesson. You be good. You're on the good list. What is it? The nice list, not the naughty list. <laughs> I feels like such an old person now that I didn't even remember that. Um, but that's a cute lesson for Christmas to encourage good behavior. But... But what do we do when on Christmas the products are coming from a communist regime and their use of slave labor and then we're giving them as presents to each other to show that we care on Christmas and telling our kids that they're made in a workshop in the North Pole by Santa Claus. Now, of course, for any children and people listening, by that I mean mommy and daddy get you presents and Santa Claus gets you other presents. But when mommy and daddy get you presents, mommy and daddy should be getting the presents from American sources and not communist China. That's just my quick disclaimer there. Um, so that being said, you might be like, oh, Morgan, not everything from communist China comes from a slave labor camp. Let's look into it. So if you guys don't know this, maybe we have some new people listening to this that don't know the origins of this podcast. But two years ago, two and a half years ago, I started a nonprofit called Young Americans Against Socialism. And my vision was to be able to interview young, uh, survivors from socialist and communist countries. And that's what we've been doing ever since. And it's, it's a passion of mine. I, I love history and I love honoring their stories of history because it's living history. Like the, the people that experienced the 20, 
the 20th century are still very much alive and, and they want to tell their stories and unfortunately they're aging and, and we're going to lose those stories. And so I want to document them as much as I can. The problem I'm running into now is I have these amazing interviews on like Zoom. And so I would love to get a studio where it's it's dimly lit, it's serious. We're in chairs staring at each other, two cameras. I'm not in my apartment filming this kind of stuff like I am now. We have an editor, we have a videographer, we have a guy behind the camera, all this stuff. And we make these beautiful documented stories of each person that are gonna live for, for decades, centuries maybe, who knows what the future looks like, but they're gonna live on. And those words are gonna live on, those lessons of history and resilience and, and triumph, they're gonna live on too. So that's my vision. Now, uh, I was talking to the team and this is where the Freedom Guide came in. I said, you know, we're, we're very you know down in the dumps when we talk about the stuff that we talk about on these shows when we interview survivors. Cause I mean, there's a lot of crying that goes on especially when they're telling their stories of like being tortured in camps and escaping inevitably their family or losing loved ones, all this stuff. So I was talking to the team about, you know, how can we have a, a negative kind of aspect and a positive, you know, like we, we don't just want to freak people out and scare them. We want to provide a positive solutions oriented uh, initiative as well. And so that's where the freedom guide came out of, because not only do we want to learn from the past so that we can understand how the left comes to power, we can learn how it was done in the past, make sure it doesn't happen in America. But then with the freedom guide, we could talk about, okay, so what are the solutions? How are we going to move forward? How are we going to fix it culturally? How are we going to fix it politically? And, and it, especially with education and community-wise, all these different ways where we can improve America and prevent what happened in the past, what happened in these stories that we interview uh, from happening here. So that's how the Freedom Guide came around. Now, a couple weeks ago, I was interviewing this, this woman who escaped a communist Chinese labor camp, and she was telling me about what this looks like. Now, to give you guys a little information, communist China, the commie China we deal with today is the same commie China from the 20th century. There was no shift, there was no change. The CCP of today is the CCP of last year, of multiple decades ago. And so, when we deal with them, we have to understand their history. They are a, a terrible, terrible regime, and, and we have some episodes coming out kind of talking about other aspects, like the Cultural Revolution, which I think is next week. But the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, has a lot of concentration camps, of re-education camps, of, of slave camps in their country and around the territories. They keep political dissidents, political opponents, anybody that dares to speak out, Uyghur Muslims, and literally anybody that they choose to send. They have them at these camps. They subsidize private companies to build factories right next to the camps. And then every day, if you're not being tortured, you are being sent via bus to go work at the factory for the day. And then you're sent back to the camp. That is the labor that produces the products for these private companies. So when you hear people talk about, oh, Nike is tied to this, potentially Apple is tied to this, there's a lot of American companies, and I want you to look into it. I think we're cultivating a list here at the Freedom Guide, and it's going to be on our website soon. We're, we're kind of building it out first. There's a slew of American companies and American products that have ties or are directly connected to the factories that are built right by the labor camps. It's disgusting. So the woman that I interviewed, she was telling me about her experiences. I mean, when she first got to the labor camp, uh, she was forced to squat for 15 hours and they just do it to mentally break you. They want to change your mind. It's called re-education for a reason. Um, 
So after that, you're brought and they use a lot of sleep deprivation. And so you're not allowed to sleep until you change your mind, until you like sign the forms to say, I've been reformed, all this stuff. And so they won't let you sleep at night. Uh, Sometimes if you're a reformed person, they'll test you to see if you're really reformed and they will make you sleep deprive someone else, maybe a new person. The woman that I interviewed, her first or her last night in the labor camps because she lied and told the CCP that she changed her mind. She supports the CCP now. She's lost all of her old faith. She won't believe it anymore. She lied. And she did it to get out so that she could write the book and escape, and she eventually did, and that's why we were able to interview her. But they tested her by making her sleep-deprive on her last night a new girl whose it was her first night there. And so it was just torturous, obviously for this young girl, it's her first night there and she's scared as heck, but also torturous for this woman who just lied and, and feels so conflicted as to what to do because she lied and she pretended to not be a woman of her faith anymore and she felt bad about that. She felt bad about having to torture this young girl and she was freaking scared about what was going to happen if she doesn't do it right because is she going to get allowed to be out? And so it's a terrible, terrible question of, of what your morality is in that situation. But what this woman would tell me is if you weren't being tortured that day, you were sent to the camps and you are so scared when you are at these factories like the the labor camp factories, that the women will be sewing or or doing whatever product creation they were assigned to do. And you literally stand up, carry that piece of product with you as you're making it to the bathroom, go to the bathroom with it in your hand, and then walk right back out of the stall. There's no time to like even wash your hands or anything like that because you are so dedicated to reaching your quota. And if you don't reach your quota, guess what? You're going to get tortured again. And so it's just misery, okay? And that when we, you know, gloss over it and we just say, oh, well, you know, I don't know if it's actually slave labor that Nike's tied to or that any of these companies are tied to, uh, there's a really fat chance that they are tied to some really disgusting stuff. So knowing this kind of stuff, knowing that I personally have interviewed these survivors that can testify to this firsthand testimony of, yes, we help American companies as we're being tortured create products that are sold in America. It Honestly, I, I cannot see a product made in China and feel comfortable using it. And I know I'm surrounded by them right now. That's what it, it like mentally tortures me because I, know, I now feel horrible knowing like, oh my gosh, I'm surrounded by things. And so everything that I do now, I try and make sure that I'm not purchasing products connected to this. But especially around the holidays, that's what I want you to start asking yourself. Now, here's the thing. Here's where we come in. I think it's, I think it's safe to say that our national level leaders, not exactly dependable when it comes to holding communist China accountable. Same thing with our national cultural leaders, the Hollywood elites, all this, yada, yada, the celebrities. Nobody's really doing it except for a few. Now they're starting something, which I love, but it's, it's not like we can just say, well, they're handling it. We're going to be fine. What's going on here is this massive appeasement of basically a Nazi Germany level opponent or, or worse. These people have been going for decades Communist China has already killed more people than Nazi Germany. Like, I don't, I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, but yes, the CCP is responsible for more deaths now than Nazi Germany. They have concentration camps. They torture people. They kill people. They harvest organs, which is another thing that the survivor shared with me when I interviewed her a couple weeks ago. 
And for some reason, everybody has a hard time speaking out against this nasty regime. You know how people are like, never again, never again. We'll never let what happened in Nazi Germany happen again. Well, guess what, you guys? What happened with Nazi Germany? I'll give the, I'll give the public school system credit for one freaking thing, honestly. I could give them one thing that I'll give them credit for. And it was the one lesson that I can never forget from them. It, it was that the appeasement of Nazi Germany in the years leading up to World War II is what allowed for those horrors to happen the appeasement from other world powers who just didn't want to have conflict or just were so self-interested in their own pursuits that they didn't want to focus on it. They didn't want to hold Hitler accountable. They didn't want to stop it. And so what do you know? Nazi Germany hosted the Olympics. Now it's in 2021 and we say, never again, never again, never again. But what do you know? Beijing in a few years, a couple years, is going to be hosting the Olympics, and America's competing in it. Now, we we gave a formal, you know, we disagree with what's going on in China, but we're still going to participate. We didn't pull out. Instead, we just said, you know, we condemn this kind of stuff that you're doing, but we're still going to be there because the athletes worked really hard. <laughs> I'm sorry, but what? I'm sorry to the athletes, but you can compete in other things. You can wait. Don't you think that standing up for something like this is worth it? If it's not, then I really wonder how have we gotten so far down this path? That's kind of a disgusting mentality, if you ask me. But we worked so hard for this moment in our sports careers. We have to go to communist China to compete in the Olympics. It's the only way. I think it's kind of disturbing. So we say it's never going to happen again, never again, never again. I don't think our leaders are ever going to hold this regime responsible, especially the leaders we have right now. And so if our leaders won't stand up, we've got to do it, you guys. We've got to do it. And we get back to this question, and we're going to keep hitting this, I think, especially throughout this podcast where we're talking about individual changes. A lot of people look at this huge, massive problem and they say, what will my choices, especially my changes in choices of where I get products or you know, do I buy Chinese products or not, when's that going to have an impact? And, and would it ever even have an impact if it was just me? I'm just one person. And first of all, let's address that idea of like, oh, I'm just one person. I'm just one consumer. It's just me, just my small product choices. I would say this is, first of all, a question of individual dignity. Individual dignity. Do you care enough? Does it matter enough to you to not buy products from slave labor? Does it matter enough to you and do you care enough to not care if you have a larger impact or not? But just personally, to know that you aren't using products from that regime, is that enough for you to make that choice? I hope it is. To me, it is. It's like even if nobody ever listens to me, nobody ever follows my path on this, to know that I am actively choosing to not buy products, even if it puts me out of my way a little bit, from a, a communist regime where people are being tortured and people are being used as slaves in camps to make that product, I can, I mean, I can sleep well at night. You know what I mean? It's, it's about individual dignity in saying, I as a human am not going to condone this kind of behavior or participate in it. So it's that question of individual dignity. That's that first one of, you know, what kind of cho what kind of impact is my one person choice going to have? So the next thing 
is taking it from that one individual choice of, of individual dignity. Do you care enough to turn something like that away? This is about peer rationale as well. I don't know if I've mentioned it on this podcast, but I talk about it a lot. There's a study from Michigan State University, and it says the most effective way to reach a young person with an opposing viewpoint or with a hard-to-understand topic or with maybe a, a topic that they need to understand, but it's a little difficult, but it's going to have a positive impact on them and the people around them and the world around them. It's just hard to understand for them. It's actually the best communicated to them when it's via peer, not via parent or professor. And ugh, peer rationale, you guys, that's what this is all about. And so I hope that you think about that, especially around the holidays when you're getting your products. If the most effective way to hear a hard to understand subject or to change your mindset or heart on is hearing it from a peer, seeing it done by a peer, visualized by a peer, then what kind of impact do we want to have when we are participating in holidays and giving our peers, our loved ones, our children, who in many ways, and with all of these groups, we have that kind of peer rationale relationship with, what kind of impact are we having when we're telling them that we condone this kind of behavior and we're participating in uh, consumerism and, and the consumption of these goods? What kind of impact does it have on our kids, on their mentality on these issues, their morality, their dignity on it? What kind of impact does it have on our family members, on our friends, for them to know that we are willing to comply with something like that? Now, if we chose to stand up and say, listen, I'm only shopping small. I refuse to buy from communist China because how much percent of American goods are made there? And it's it's probably most directly connected to those slave labor camps. If you ever think about it, it's like, what kind of impact would it have on our kids if they knew that their mom and dad or if or our family members, if they knew their family member or our friend, if they knew their friend was making a stand to stand up for human dignity because it's what was right. I think that would be quite impactful on that peer rationale level. And so if we think of that with gifting, it's an opportunity for us to pass along that message of morality and dignity. Now, of course, we can take that from the individual and then kind of community peer rationale level and take it to the domino effect of what that would lead to if more and more of us took on this mindset and spread it to our friends, family, and loved ones, passed it on to future generations of our family, and, and what that would look like on a community level, a state level, and a national level. And I think, honestly, it has to start somewhere. Obviously, it's hard to look at the national impact of it and say, we're going to be able to have national change. It's hard for anybody to see that. But I think to say we're never going to have an impact on it, the economy's too big, China's too big, every product's made in China, it's just too hard to make that kind of switch in my life to change my mindset on this, that's a loser mentality, and we got to ditch the loser mentalities, okay? We've got to start somewhere, and starting somewhere starts with ditching the mentality that we're never going to be able to have positive change on this. The second action item is once you're like, okay, I'm not going to buy my Christmas presents for my kids and fill the Christmas room floor with communist Chinese products made with slave labor, what am I going to do? You got to support American made, you got to support local, and you got to support small. So shop American, shop local, shop small. Now here's the thing. I don't want people to be like, Morgan, so you hate international trade? I thought you were into economics. I'm fine with us having international trade. I'm literally just saying it, have some morality when you choose where your products are coming from because a lot of the countries, not just China, a lot of other countries have immoral means of producing things. No wonder they're so cheap. It's because they're not made morally. You ever think of that? So that's just my mentality on it. Um, first of all, when we're talking about you know 
what to buy if we're not buying from Kami China. What to buy? I would avoid any corporations and companies that have been playing these lefty wokeism games, okay? If they're canceling people, if they're firing employees, if they're implementing 1619, if they're implementing like diversity quotas and crap like that, I am not supporting that. And that's totally fine. They're a private company. I'm a private person. I don't have to buy their goods. There's probably in this market, somebody else making that product. And that's the beauty of this market. So that's why I'm into that. Just don't give them your money. That's the beauty of it, okay? Um, second, if we buy online, if you're trying to find somebody to support online, really try and find meaningful places to put your money, okay? And so I love like Ballerina Farm. If you don't know what Ballerina Farm is yet, then I'm like failing my job here. Um, but Ballerina Farm is my favorite Instagram page. Ballerina Farm, it's like six kids and then a husband and a wife they live in utah they're adorable they they run this farm and they sell all these products at ballerinafarm.com and just they have this beautiful instagram where she like shows making all these like sourdough bread and stuff like that and like their family dinners and everything and the little boys this is so cute you see the little cowboys helping their dad herd the cattle and then you can literally go buy the meat on the website you could buy the meat box and then a bunch of other products that Hannah makes and stuff. But to see that like when you're supporting that business, you are supporting that family's lifestyle. Oh my gosh, I want to give them all my money. I don't have much of it, but like I want to give them all my money. And so when you can see the story behind a business, I think that's wonderful. I know um, Emily at the Freedom Guide, she, she works here. Um, she loves Five Mary's Farm. So check that out too. But like, those are just two of them that we really love because they have a story. You know that you're supporting uh, a really great family, a really great group of people behind that. Um, in person, I encourage you guys to freaking walk downtown, okay? Walk downtown Main Street, have a revival of Main Street America and support downtown with your Christmas dollars. And then when you're in person, just because you're at a local business does not mean that those products are not from Kami China. Okay, so keep an eye out on that. Check the label. Check the label. Because when I think, uh, whenever I see Made in China, I just feel this ting in my heart. And I think of the interviews that I've completed with survivors from communist China and the stories of them working in these factories and being scared to death that they were either going to get beaten to death or had their organs harvested or in just like sleep deprived for not meeting a quota in a factory where the product was then sent to America to be put potentially under our Christmas tree. And with that, I'm so sorry for being a Grinch, you guys, but sometimes the truth is hard and like hard truths, that's real love. Like that's, I care about you guys. I care about this country. I care about these issues. So we're going to speak, honestly, we're going to speak frankly on these things. And, and that is way better than like feel good Christmas stuff. So Merry Christmas, Happy Thanksgiving. I'm not being a Grinch at all. I mean, I'm not like anti-present. I'm not anti-Christmas. I'm not anti any of that stuff. But I think this was pretty fair ask here, okay? So just to recap, action item number one, change your mentality and mindset. We're going to become conscious individuals, conscious consumers, and conscious American citizens standing up for freedom and dignity, specifically with how we choose our products around one of the most important times of the year where we spend our money on products for Christmas. And then action item two, when we do support or when we do reject these like international communist China goods, we're going to support American made, support local and support small and be intentional with our choices because this is all about passing down values to our family, 
to our future generations. And I think one of the best ways to do that is on a huge American tradition and holiday to do it with goods that, that tell a story of morality, of human dignity, and of, of freedom of all human beings. With that, I appreciate you guys listening, and I'll see you next time. Happy Thanksgiving! Hey guys, it's Morgan Zeggers, and if you needed a little reminder, freedom is a lifestyle. The Freedom Guide is here to provide you with resources and information and guidance on how to live out those values that you have that are rooted in freedom. That's what it's going to take to save this country. So thank you for listening. We hope to see you next week, and be sure to follow us on our Instagram page, The Freedom Guide, to join into this great community that is growing of active Americans that want to participate and be a part of this fight to preserve, first of all, to save and protect and then preserve our country for generations to come. God bless.